Exclusive member content brought to you proudly by smerocketfuel.com. Hi there, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we are joined all the way from the UK by Chloe Thomas. She is a veteran of the e-commerce space and one of the world's foremost experts on the space of e-commerce and how to build and grow the things that matter in a digital economy. Now, if you have been observing the impact of COVID-19 and the pandemic, one of the growing trends, or should that be better said, one of the most accelerated trends is the adoption of e-commerce. We are essentially now doing everything online. And when the pandemic hit, about 10 years of digital adoption was adopted in only two weeks uh, for various reasons. Now, uh, Chloe and I dive into the nuts and bolts of how to build an e-commerce business. But now, irrespective of whether you are an e-commerce play, there's a lot of ground that we cover here that is going to be essentially Uh, very relevant for you from mission to purpose to why to friction to user experience data and analytics how to create blue oceans in a world of competition that's uh, seemingly getting more and more competitive Uh, we talk about the price of ad space and advertising and growth hacking and seos and email marketing and this idea of master plans and increasing conversion rates, fulfillment partners, and testing marketing methods. We get into so, so, so much. So I'm really, really privileged and honored to bring you this edition of the Matt Brown Show powered by SMERocketFuel.com. And don't forget, guys, if you have not yet signed up at smerocketfuel.com, you can do that right now today. And when you do, you'll be given 10 free fuel tokens to accelerate the growth of your small business wherever you are in the world. And on top of that, you can access our network of funders in the UK, the US, and in South Africa, and most importantly, connect with other entrepreneurs who are hustling and trying to build the things that matter to them as well. So check it out, guys, smerocketfield.com. It is free to join. And when you join, why don't you drop me a note on the welcome wall and say hello. I would love to meet you. Double down on what you were saying around this acceleration of trends. I mean, uh, this this kind of death of the high street idea, is it is it a simple as is it as simple as it's all moved online or is there broader more deeper you know economics that we need to know about i think the obviously during the pandemic there's been the fact that people just didn't want to go out or weren't allowed to go out so we should we should acknowledge that but then move on from it because there's more interesting things underlying one of the one of the big economic trends is that essentially we created too much retail floor space so the there is an over adoption of retail floor space or an over availability of retail floor space that isn't that is over and above what is necessary to supply the needs of the consumer who wants to go and do face-to-face retail so there's been a rebalancing of that um, I'm not an economist so I can't go into the depths of detail but that's a big trend that's been going on for maybe five ten years now especially in the states they look at, at those numbers and it's, it's kind of crazy how much retail space there is compared to how many human beings actually want to go and shop that way. So that is a factor. So there is this kind of rebalancing. We've also got the fact of the way people see shopping has altered. It's now very much a, you know, a day out scenario and people are looking for that experience when they're out doing the physical side of shopping. So if you think of the, you know, how the Apple stores as a really obvious um, example have flourished, 
ostensibly originally not even to sell anything, just to look after their customers. And, you know, that that's really changed what people expect from a trip to the high street or a trip to the shopping mall. Um, so we've got those things going on as well as consumers choosing to shop online as well. So it's a really, it's a really hybrid space. And it, it's also interesting what you're saying, what your sister's saying about um, lots of the big retailers disappearing from the high street. I went round much smaller scale, but my local high street um, last week. And it, I was actually amazed by the number of new businesses moving in. Mm. And yeah. that was, that was quite mad to me. It was, Oh, Oh they're, oh, they're coming. Oh, that's exciting. Um, with about as many of those as they were me going, oh, they've gone. Oh, well, that's a shame. I quite like them. but Yeah, it's a, I, I agree with you. I mean, if you go to New York, it's like one of the things I'm fascinated by is this idea of like the micro enterprise. So if you, you talk, you spoke about competition earlier. And, you know, if you think about retail, I mean, geez, if you wanted to pick a, a competitive category after technology, that would be it. <laughs> it's retail. Yeah. Um, and, um, and if you go to New York, if you think about coffee and retail, it's like, well, if, you know, if you didn't know New York very well, you would think, ah, oh, well, I just see Starbucks everywhere. Um, and, you, and you would, and you do. And you would also say um, that there's, there isn't room for anyone else. Because, you know, Starbucks is the category king and, you know, that's it. That's, sorry, you're too late. Why would you try and compete with Starbucks? I mean, you know, footfall, brand, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when I went to New York, when we won Africa's Best Tech Startup, went to New York and I was just like, what? Who is this? And there was like a, a dozen different smaller chains that had moved into the New York High Street, quote unquote, um, and who were successful, uh, and it was fascinating, uh, you know, just to observe and go, geez, when you think there's no room, there actually is. Uh, and I'd love to get your view on that. So you're talking about, you know, these other retailers moving in. Um, as these, you know, traditional bigger retailers move out of the traditional economy, if you like, um, what's driving this new competitiveness on the on the high street? I think it's, it's untapped areas of the marketplace primarily understanding what people are looking for you know so you go into starbucks and you know i i fundamentally avoid starbucks because i find the idea of someone asking my name writing it on a cup and shouting out to the store i just find that abhorrent i can't deal with it um but you know so i'm not i personally am not a starbucks fan and there are many people who are like i i don't want that fake connection i want a real connection i want to know the barista each time I go in and I want them to know know my order which you might get in some chains but it's it's a very different scenario when it feels like it's your your little local store and I think we see that even though it's on a much larger scale in many other businesses you know you look at the big d2c um, you know hero stories like Gymshark in the UK who would have thought we needed another gym clothing brand mm. um, especially when our high streets have traditionally you know over the last few years in the UK have become filled with discount sports clothing retailers where you can pick up pretty much anything for a, you know for five quid and then Gymshark comes along and becomes a totally different beast uh, you know and you've got all birds doing their the, the trainers over in the, you know, uh, uh, actually, to be fair, all around the globe now. So I think there's this, you can go on convenience, you can go on sustainability, you can go on the, 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 the younger generation's desire to buy products that represent them. There is a huge cachet there and a huge opportunity. I guess it's looking at the market in a different way. Hmm. 
So like a new perspective, you would say? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the really thinking back to my days doing my postgraduate diplomas in marketing, the example that was always held up was Nintendo, who used to be a, a card game manufacturer, they used to make playing cards. And then one day they went, what business are we actually in? We're in the business of entertaining people. Right, let's become the world's biggest console <laughs> provider. And it's kind of, that's obviously an internal business business perspective, but shift of perspective. But it's the same kind of thing in the, in the marketplace. It's going, okay, there's loads of coffee available, but what are these, you know, who's being left out of the mix? Who's not being appealed to by these, by these brands? Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.